0: Amen. If you have a Bible, would you grab to, grab it and open it to the book of Micah? We've come to the conclusion of our nine-week series through this Old Testament book. It's in the Old Testament towards the end, like I said. It's a short seven-chapter book of the prophets, and we're excited to be finishing with probably the best text in the whole book. So if you felt like we've been kind of digging and digging and digging through this book, I think we've finally struck gold and found... a Three beautiful verses uh, to close out the book of Micah. So Micah chapter 7, we'll be looking at verses 18, 19, and 20. This is the word of the Lord. It says this, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the book of Micah. We thank you for this text. God, would you show us just how great your love for us is? Would you show us how great Jesus is and how far he went to love us? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So does God love us? You might be thinking, well, of course God loves us. What a a silly question to be asking. Of course God loves us. I mean, you might think I sound even crazy to to ask that question. Your pastor. Don't you know John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever believes in Him would not perish, would have everlasting life. I mean, don't you know the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, for the Bible tells me so? I mean, what a silly question for a pastor to be asking. Does God really love us? But, you know, I think if we were honest, we would all say at some point, In our lives, we've struggled to believe that God really does love us. I mean, God, if you love me, then why did my marriage fall apart? God, if you love me, then then why do I have this disease? God, if you love me, then then why have my loved ones died? God, if you love me, then, then why am I still single? God, if you love me, then why is parenting so hard? God, if you love me, then why can't I pay the bills? God, if you love me, why is my addiction so strong? God, if if you really love me, then why is life so hard? There are times that we all face when it's hard to see and it's hard to believe that God really loves us. I mean, we know all the songs. We know all the verses. We know all the right Answers, But sometimes it's just hard to believe it. When we suffer over and over, it's hard to believe that God really loves us. When we sin over and over, it's hard to believe God really loves us. But friends, we've come to God's word today and he wants us to believe it. The prophet Micah is declaring to us today that God really does love his people You see, at the end of a book full of God's anger towards his people, Micah gives us God's final word, that God loves his people. God loves to forgive his people. He loves to free his people. He loves to be faithful to his people. You see, today God wants us to see and believe that he really loves his people. So it's my prayer for us today as we dig into these last three verses that we would truly see and believe that God does love us. I want us to start with one central truth from the passage. And then I want us to see three ways that God proves that that is true. So here's the central truth from our passage. God loves to love us. God loves to love us. Now, the book of Micah has been tough. It really has. I mean, do you remember where the book began? The book began with God coming down from his holy temple in heaven, and he's bringing the full weight of his justice and his anger towards his people and their sin. I mean, the earth, you go back to chapter one, you see the whole earth is melting like wax under the weight of God's anger. For 400 years, God's people have wandered into idolatry and injustice and God is bringing his holy anger in his holy wrath against their sin. But you see, God's anger would not be the final word. The book opens with God's anger towards his people's sin, but it ends with God's desire to forgive them. The book opens with justice, but it ends with love. You see, Micah ends with one of the most beautiful songs In the whole Bible, these three verses, this song of Micah is swimming in Exodus 34, 6, and 7. You see, if this passage had a flavor, it would be Exodus 34, 6, and 7. If this passage were rubbed with an essential oil, it would be Exodus 34, 6, and 7. You might say, well, what is Exodus 34, 6, and 7? Well, it's the scene where God tells Moses his name. Remember, Moses asked to see the glory of the Lord. And what God does instead is passes by and speaks his name to Moses. Here's what God says in Exodus 34, 6 and 7. It says, The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sins. That's God's name. You see, of all of these characteristics that show up in that verse and in in Micah, the the one that stands at the forefront is the characteristic of God's steadfast love. Like I said, our passage today is swimming in these verses, and the one that stands out is the one that's celebrating God's steadfast love. Love. Look at the second part of verse 18 in Micah chapter 7. Micah says that God will not retain his anger forever. Remember, God is angry with his people for their sin, their rebellion. God is angry with them, but that anger is not going to last forever. And here's why Micah tells us, because God delights in steadfast love. God does not delight in anger. He does not delight in wrath. He does not delight in punishing his people, but God delights in steadfast love. That's the Hebrew word, kesed. Remember, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's the only Hebrew word you need to know in the whole Bible. It can be translated mercy or grace or compassion or loyalty or kindness or love. It's an amazing word. It can refer to the love between a husband and his wife. It can Refer to showing mercy to the poor. It can refer to acts of kindness to others. But most often in the Bible, it refers to God's never ending covenant love for his people. If you're a kid, maybe your parents have read to you the Jesus Storybook Bible. Here's how Sally Lloyd Jones describes this word she calls it God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And that's the love that God t- tells us he delights in here in verse 18. You see, God doesn't just love us. God loves to love us. God's not up in heaven wishing he didn't have to love us, but because his character is loved and he's showing us that love. There's nobody in heaven twisting God's arm to get him to love us. God is not looking forward to the day where he won't have to love us anymore. No, God loves to love his people. And if you don't believe me, or if you find that too good to be true, then all we have to do is look to Jesus and see that God loves to love his people. You see, God willingly gave up his son to love us. Jesus willingly laid down his life to love us. The spirit willingly poured new life into us to love us. Jesus is the proof that God loves us. As Romans 8 or Romans 5 verse 8 says, God showed his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. When we look to the cross, we don't see a God who has to love us even though he doesn't want to, when we look to the cross, we see a God who loves to love us. Brothers and sisters, God loves to love us. Now, there's probably two types of people here today when you hear that God loves to love us. There are some of us here today who would say, of course, God loves us. What's not to love? Some of us think that there's a lot of great things going on, and that's, why God loves us. But then there's some of us who say, maybe God loves all of you all, but surely he doesn't love me. Now, if you're in the first group, you need to realize how ugly your sin is. There may be a lot of great things going on for you right now in your life, but your sin is ugly to God. It's so ugly that Jesus went to the cross to bear God's righteous, just punishment for your sin. You see, God loves you not because you're great, but because he's great. God loves to save sinners, and that's you and that's me. So let the cross humble you today. Let it show you how ugly your sin is and just how far Jesus had to go to love you. Now, if you're in the second group, you need to realize how beautiful God's love is. Maybe you feel the weight of your sin. Maybe you're struggling under suffering that that God has given to you. Maybe you lack the faith to believe that God really loves you. Let the cross prove to you that God loves to love you. Is our sin great? Yes, but His mercy is more. His love is greater. Your suffering may be great, but God's love is greater. It doesn't matter how many times you fail, how many times you doubt. God loves to love us. As Pastor Dane Ortland said, he loved you in your mess then, he'll love you in your mess now. So brothers and sisters, here's the central truth of our passage today. God loves to love us. And the cross of Jesus proves it. So brothers and sisters, let's look to Jesus' never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking always and forever love. Let's look to the steadfast love that he showed us on the cross and let's believe today that God loves to love us. So that's the central point. And here's three ways that our passage proves that today. So first, God loves to forgive us. How do we know that God loves to love us? Well, because he loves to forgive us. In verse 18, Micah asks this question, Who is a God like you? You see, the Bible is clear. There are no other gods like the God of Israel. But what makes him so different? Well, Micah tells us in verse 18, Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance. What makes the God of Israel so different is that his love for his people leads him to forgive them. Notice how verse 18 says, God pardons our iniquity. Now iniquity is a Bible word that means crooked and it's translated evil or wicked sometimes. God looks on all of the ways that we've ruined our lives with evil intentions and evil deeds and he pardons them. And he does it because he loves us. Notice how God also passes over transgression. Transgression is another Bible word that means to break a relationship with someone. God looks upon all the ways that we've hurt others and dishonored Him, and He passes over those. And He does it because He loves His people. You see, notice there that it's God's people that He loves to forgive. Micah tells us He does this for the remnant of His inheritance. What in the world is that talking about? Well, remember when God saved His people, Israel, He called them His treasured possession among the nations, His inheritance. And so Micah is using this term to refer to to those people that God loves and and those whom God will forgive. But how will God forgive his people? I mean, can God just up in heaven say, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. All of that sin and all that rebellion, just forget about it. It's it's done. (laughs) Is that how God forgives his people? Forgiveness is actually a big problem for us. Because our forgiveness has to be paid for. And the payment is death. There has to be the shedding of blood for there to be forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22 tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so for centuries, the people of Israel, they endlessly shed the blood of bulls and goats and lambs. But it, it would never be enough. That is, until one day the spotless Lamb of God came. And there on the banks of the Jordan River, John the Baptist cried out, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, Jesus came to take away our sin, to pay the price so that our sin might be forgiven. And on the cross, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus died once for all so that he might pardon our iniquities. So he might pass over our transgression. So he might forgive us once and for all. On the cross, God's complete and full forgiveness was paid for by Jesus forever. I wonder if you find it hard to forgive. When people wrong you, is it it hard to forgive them? Are are you quick to forgive or, or do you want to hold on to it? You know, here's just a little confession time for me. There's times where I don't want to forgive my wife, Jeannie. I mean, on the very rare occasion that she does something to offend me, I can be very slow to forgive. Man, I just want to stew in it. I just want to think about it all day. I just want to be mad. I mean, how could she do that to me? Doesn't she know how great I am? How how could she do that? You ever feel that way? Friends, God never feels that way. He never feels that way towards our sin. He is a God who loves to pardon our iniquity. A God who loves to pass over our transgression. A God who will not keep his anger forever. Friends, the cross of Jesus proves that God loves to forgive us. But what if I sin again? What if I sin another thousand times? He loved to forgive us then. He'll love to forgive us now. So should we just sin more and more and more so God can forgive us more and more and more? No, that's not the point. And that's a sermon for another day. But today, God wants us to believe that he really loves to forgive us. God will never make us pay for what Jesus has already paid in full. So you don't have to hate yourself when you sin. You don't have to punish yourself when you sin. You don't have to make it up to God. You don't have to pray twice as hard or read your Bible twice as long. Jesus has already paid in full for your forgiveness of sins. And if you are in Christ, you are fully, completely forgiven. So brothers and sisters, let's live in that forgiveness. When we sin, let's run towards that forgiveness. Let's confess our sins. Let's repent of our sins and let's rest in the full forgiveness of Jesus. Maybe you've never run to Jesus and repented of your sin. Friend, God is offering you today full forgiveness. Forgiveness can be yours If you would receive it from Jesus today. Jesus died to save sinners like you and like me. And he loves to forgive anyone who would call upon him. So call upon Jesus today for the first time. Repent of your sins. Believe in Jesus and his full forgiveness will be yours today. And you can see that God loves to forgive his people again and again. So would you do that today if you've never done that? Would you come to Jesus for the first time and receive forgiveness for your sins? And for those of us who have done that, let's lean into that forgiveness that Jesus paid for on the cross. Let's look to the forgiveness we have in Christ. And let's believe today that God loves to forgive his people. The second way that we see that God loves to love us is that God loves to free us. God loves to free us. So Micah continues to celebrate the great love of God. And in verse 19, he celebrates that God loves to free his people. Micah says God will again have compassion on us. That word compassion is another Bible word that refers to a deep love and care for someone in need. It's the image of a mother and her love for her vulnerable child. And the first time that we see God moved by compassion in the Bible, this deep emotion, is when his people were slaves in Egypt. He saw their affliction and he heard their cries, and he was moved by his compassion to free them. Really, this whole passage is filled with imagery from the Exodus story. When God delivers them from from Egypt, Moses sings a song, and guess what words that song starts with? Who is a God like you? Like verse 18. Micah has already talked about the Passover imagery in verse 18. But there's more here in verse 19. Micah says God is going to tread our iniquities underfoot. God will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. You see, this is a reference to God defeating Pharaoh and his army at the Red Sea. Do you know the story? Like I said, God's people were slaves in Egypt, and God sends Moses to deliver them. After the ten plagues, Pharaoh finally let the people go, but he had second thoughts and sends his army to capture them and bring them back. But God loves to free his people. And so through Moses, God provides a way of deliverance. You see, Pharaoh's army, the mightiest army in the world, was behind them. And in front of them stood the raging sea. But through Moses, God split the sea and the people crossed through on dry ground. But when Pharaoh and his army attempted to cross, the whole sea plunged upon them and they plunged into the depths of the sea. God freed his people by destroying their enemies. But notice in verse 19 who the enemy is. Micah says you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. In the Exodus story, it was Pharaoh and his army who were cast into the sea. But here it's the sins of God's people. You see, sin has always been God's people's greatest enemy. Yes, their slavery was terrible. Yes, Egypt was a great enemy. But when the bonds of slavery were burst, the bonds of sin remained. Remember, Micah is looking back at 400 years of Israel's sin. 400 years of idolatry and injustice. 400 years of failing to love God. 400 years of failing to love one another. Israel may have been freed from Egypt, but they were not free from their sin. And So Micah looks forward to the day when God will deliver his people from their sin. And in Jesus, that's exactly what God has done for us. You see, the flood of God's judgment came crashing down on Jesus. The waves of God's justice baptized Jesus as he was plunged into death. And all our sins were placed on him. By his death, Jesus crushed our sins under his feet. By his death, Jesus cast all our sins into the depths Of the sea where they would remain forever. One of my favorite authors, Jerry Bridges, tells a story when he worked in the Navy. One day they had an accident and a piece of equipment fell into the ocean and they searched all day long to find it, but it was lost. And so here's what he says about this passage, thinking of that story. He says, So it is with our sins. God has hurled them into the depths of the sea to be lost forever. Never to be recovered. Never to be held against us. They will not fall overboard. God will hurl them into the depths. He wants them to be lost forever because He has fully dealt with them in His Son, Jesus Christ. God has fully dealt with our sins. He's cast them to the depths of the sea so that we might be free from our sin. This is why Jesus told us if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Because Jesus lived and died and rose again, our sins have been cast to the depths of the sea and we are free. We're free from the condemnation of sin. We're free from the power of sin. We are free from our slavery to sin. Don't you see how the work of Christ on our behalf proves that God loves to free us? If we're in Christ, we've been set free. So let's live like people who've been set free. Brothers, we've been set free from lust, so let's live like people who've been set free. Sisters, we've been set free from envy, so let's live like people who've been set free. We've been set free from pride and from greed. We've been set free from anger and from worry. Christ has cast them all into the depths of the sea. So let's live like a free people. Let's love God with everything that we have. Let's love others with brotherly love. Let's do justice and love kindness and walk humbly. Let's do it because we are a free people. Brothers and sisters, let's live in the freedom that Christ has given. And let's look to that freedom and see that God loves to love us. So number three, lastly, the last reason we see in our passage that God loves to love us is that God loves to be faithful to us. God loves to be faithful to us. So the last verse of Micah is all about the faithfulness of God's steadfast love. In verse 20, Micah says that God will show faithfulness to Jacob. Jacob was the father of the 12 tribes, the grandson of Abraham. You see, Micah is remembering the promises that God made to his people. The promises Micah tells us that God had sworn to their fathers from days of old. The promises that God would bless the family of Abraham and that in their family, all the families of the earth would be blessed. You see, the book of Micah is not the first time that God is angry with his people. Really, the whole history from beginning to end is filled with Israel's rebellion and unfaithfulness to God. There are many, many times where God in his justice is angry with his people. But God never gave up on them. He never turned his back. He never cast them away. God is faithful. That's who He is. He made promises to His people, and a faithful God keeps His promises. And you see, it's that faithfulness in verse 20 that Micah is hoping in. Micah knows God loves to forgive His people, He knows God loves to free His people, but all of that would mean nothing if God were not faithful. All of that would mean nothing if God got to a point where he was tired of forgiving his people again and again. All of that would mean nothing if God got to a point where he was tired of freeing his people again and again. But Micah knows that will never happen. God will show his faithfulness. God will keep his steadfast love. Now, I know it's hard to believe that anyone can really be faithful. Our world is filled with unfaithful people. People who lie, people who cheat, people who twist their words, people who hide the truth, people who give up, people who turn away, people who walk out on us. It could be so hard to believe that someone out there is truly faithful. But all we have to do is look to Jesus to find someone truly faithful. Jesus is the faithful fulfillment of all of God's promises. He is our prophet, faithfully teaching us. He is our high priest, faithfully interceding for us. He is our king, faithfully ruling over us. Jesus is the faithful son of Adam. He's the faithful son of Abraham. Jesus is the faithful son of David. He's the faithful son of God. Jesus was faithful to the Father every millisecond of his life. And Jesus was faithful to the Father's plan, a plan that sent him straight to the cross. Jesus faithfully lived. Jesus faithfully died. And now he is risen forever as the one whose name is faithful and true. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus will never lie to us. Jesus will never cheat us. Jesus will never twist his words. He will never hide the truth from us. Jesus will never give up on us. Jesus will never turn away from us. Jesus will never walk out on us. Jesus has always been faithful. He is always faithful. Jesus will always be faithful. You see, Jesus is the reason that God loves to be faithful to his people. Jesus lived and died and rose again to secure God's forever faithfulness for us. Dane Ortland says once again, God's love does not have an expiration date. There will never be a day when God's faithful love will stop. I mean, just think about that. There will never come a day when God's faithful love will stop. And if that's too hard to believe, then the cross of Jesus proves it. If he was willing to love us on the cross, then he will be willing to continue to love us and faithfully love us forever and ever. His love will never fade. It will never fail. His love will never run out. It will never wear out. His love will never grow cold. It will never burn out. In Jesus, all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. In Jesus, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Why? Because great is His faithfulness. Brothers and sisters, God loves to be faithful. So let's lean into that faithfulness. Let's rest secure in His faithfulness. Let's hope in His faithfulness. Let's live forever in His faithfulness. Faithfulness. Brothers and sisters, let's look to the faithfulness of Jesus and see that God loves to love us. You know, we've come to the end of the book of Micah now. And the book of Micah has reminded us that God is just. You can't walk away from this book thinking that God doesn't take our sins seriously. But more important than that, God has given us this book to remind us that he loves us. God loves to forgive his people. He loves to free his people. He loves to be faithful to his people. You see, Micah has given us a book to remind us that God loves to love us. And friends, God has loved us through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus is where the justice of God and the love of God Meat. So as we walk away from this book, let's cling to the love of God in Christ. Let's cling to the shepherd who rescued us from our wandering into idolatry and injustice. Let's cling to our faithful prophet. Let's cling to the one who will bring us the hope of a new Jerusalem. Let's cling to God's great king born in Bethlehem, this shepherd king who loves to bless his people. Let's cling to the one who calls us to do justice and love mercy and walk humbly before our God. Let's cling to the coming salvation we have in Christ and cling to our trust in him. And let's cling to the one who paid the just punishment for our sins and the one who proves that God loves to love us. My prayer for us today as we walk away from this book is that we can say these words with confidence and with hope and with trust. Jesus loves me, this I know, for even the book of Micah tells me so. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, what a beautiful passage. God, who is like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression. God, you don't retain your anger forever, but you delight in steadfast love. You love to love us. You love to forgive us. God, you love to have compassion on us and to cast our sins into the depths of the sea. God, you love to show faithfulness to us and steadfast love, even as you have promised us of old. And so, God, help us to look to Jesus today. The one who lived and died and rose again to forgive us, to free us, and to prove that you are always faithful to us. So God, we thank you that in Christ you love to love us. I pray for those here today who don't know Jesus, who don't know the sweetness of that love. God, would they come to Christ today for the first time and be saved. Be forgiven of their sins. Be freed From their sin and know the love of your faithfulness, God. For those of us who do know Christ, who are followers of Him, who are trusting in His steadfast love, help us to rest in the full forgiveness that you've purchased for us on the cross. Help us to live as free people who have been freed from those sins that you cast into the depths of the sea. And help us to forever live in the faithfulness that will never stop, that will never end, that will never give up, that will never walk out on us. God, we praise you today for Jesus. There is no one like him. There will never be anyone like him. He is our faithful priest, our faithful prophet, our faithful king, our faithful friend, our faithful God. And so we praise you today, Jesus. Would you help us And hold us in your faithfulness. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.